Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Friday, February 10th. Is it the 10th? I think it's the 10th. Yes. I'm David Gray, along with my good friend Brad Sykes, and we are glad you're joining us here as we come to you live from the beautiful Salem Center in Jacksonville, Florida, in warm Jacksonville, Florida. I think we've got a uh, a little front coming through tonight, but it's, uh, I think, around 80 degrees right now. Sorry for anyone who's in cold weather. Um if you are just joining, oh, go ahead, Brad. No, Sorry. I was. Uh, you know, it, it. It. Every morning before I head out, well, actually, uh, every morning when I get dressed, I go to my app to see, you know, <clears throat> what does the weather look like. And I think this morning it was uh, sixty-one to something like that, but I saw it getting up to almost eighty. So yeah, that we're not rubbing it in for for our friends up in Virginia who tune in. Uh, every day but it's pretty nice today <laughs> <laughs> i gotta say i was up in uh, in fact i was almost you had texted me you weren't sure if you were going to be in right on time but you were right on time and i wasn't sure if i was going to because i was up in amelia island uh you know if you've never been to jacksonville you have to go to amelia island it's beautiful but what was interesting is uh, we were in a particular neighborhood and the azaleas are blooming mm. like crazy. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking, man, I hope that cold front that's coming in this weekend doesn't diminish right. that. Right. Well, <laughs> my wife's motto, one of the things she said for 25 the 25 years that we've lived here is something's always blooming in, <laughs> in this true. area, that's and uh, she she deals with the uh, allergies related to that. Mm. But the but that whatever that yellow pollen is, whether it's pine or right. whatever it is, man, that's out right now and coating vehicles. You can always tell that it's out because it's all over your car um, all the time. So anyway, how are you doing? Been a busy week, crazy it's, week. It's been a busy, been yeah. a busy week. I know it has been for you. Um, thankful for your, um, well, we won't get into it, but I know you, you got to, you had the opportunity to go up and or go down and meet your nephew. I yeah. think it was Yep. Uh, down. You played a little golf, Did. but you used that as a, as an opportunity to minister to him yeah at the loss of his brother yep yeah it was a good day and uh uh my my niece was here in the jacksonville area also visiting with my son and daughter and my grandchildren and got to spend some time with her as well so just an important time um for them to be able to be supported yeah hear about the love of god when they might be a little bit angry about what's happened sure. with, their, with their brother and understandably so and so um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good visit. I also, then right after that, I had to travel for work. I, it's funny. I used to travel, I don't know, maybe a dozen times a year for work. Mm-hmm. And when I say travel, I mean, you know, out on a flight right. overnight, you know, right. for one or two days. And, uh, but since I became full-time work from home in 2019 and in December, and then COVID happened, everything with clients and presentations and all of that has been virtual. Uh, so I took a trip this week, went to New York for an in-person client presentation, which was in the uh, city or where? Right, yeah, yeah, right, okay. right, Midtown Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I'm glad it's all. It's all. It is nice. I've always felt like it was nice to get out once in a while and break up the routine. Oh yeah. But 
being the age I am now and where I am in life and all that, I'm in. I'm glad I'm not traveling that much. I was going to ask you if you. Yeah. Uh, I, I fortunately, I mean, I did for a period uh, do a fair amount of traveling, uh, and I, you know, initially it seems kind of interesting and fun, maybe, especially if you're going to different places. I yeah. didn't tend to go to different places. Right. Uh, usually it was a, another office we had or whatever, and I was there, but. Uh, you know, it's. I think if you're going to different places, it can be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, and I've always felt like that. But um, the world is a different place than it was ten years ago, and it's mm-hmm. a different place than it was five years ago. And you know, traveling into New York City, it, it is a little more unsettling just yeah. in general than it used to be. And I'm not. I, I was fine. I mean, everything was fine. Where were you? Uh, you right in Midtown. Midtown what, just what, yeah. Uh, right around uh, hotel was on. Uh, East 48th Street, you know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. not far from uh, uh, Penn Station yeah. and not far from Madison Square Garden, that area. Know that and, area uh, well. You know, walked around a little bit and, and everything was fine. But uh, How was the uh, weather? It was not bad. Uh, 50s, low 50s, good, so not good. too bad. But uh, but it's just, it's amazing, too, how expensive everything is there. It's just, I, I got a room service breakfast. It was an omelet. <laughs> And a small pot of coffee <clears throat> and some toast that came with it, and I think it was sixty dollars. You know, it's, it's funny. It's, uh, imagine that. It's great. I mean, it, hey, it's expensive here. You know, right. it's like I've gotten to where we go out for, and, and you know, we're empty nesters, so uh, we don't eat every meal at home. We we go out probably more than we should, and uh, you know, you can't go out and get you know a sweet tea and a burger and fries. Yeah. And it's 30 bucks, yeah, yeah. you know, and I, it re- reminded me, I, you know, my son and his wife, my my youngest son and his wife, Jake and Meredith, uh, live in New York City. They're in uh, on the Upper West Side, mm-hmm. great area, 92nd Street mm-hmm. somewhere. But they're, you know, a block off Central Park. and That's near hey, Columbia, <clears throat> isn't it? Yes, Columbia it is. University. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, very close there. So anyway, they, I mean, they love it. They're, and they're just there for a, for a year or so. Just thought, you know, before they had kids, they wanted to just sure. do something like that. He loves the museums and all that kind of stuff. But I was, I remember telling, and, and I took him there for his 18th birthday. Mm. Uh, I kind of let my kids, hey, for their 18th birthday, where do you want to go? Right. I'm taking you. But we're driving. That was the rule. So if we if we couldn't drive there, that's, we're not going there. Right. So um, anyway, that, that was kind of our rule. But I was telling them on that trip, I remember. And by the way, that was not a solo, you know, just Jake and I. It was anybody who was 18 or older sibling could go on that trip if they wanted to go. And uh, so anyway, but I remember telling them my first time in New York City. I'd never been. I was uh, 21, 22 years old when I made my first trip there. And uh, of all places, we stayed at the Plaza. Mm. Which, if you've never been to New York City, I think does Trump own the plaza now? I think he does. I don't know if he does. I'm not yeah, sure. It, but. It's it's kind of the ritziest mm-hmm. hotel right on Central Park, and and anyway, I remember wait we got in late one one night. Uh, so granted, it was a beautiful hotel, but I didn't quite realize just how fancy and schmancy it was until the next morning when I went down to go have breakfast in the cafe down there mm-hmm. i think i had orange juice um I, i'm not a, i think i had a pastry so it wasn't like i had right. an omelet or something 
and it was $35. Yeah. And I thought that something's wrong with this bill. I mean, my <laughs> boss is going to fire me. You I know. know. It's incredible. Well, I quickly learned that, uh, yeah, it's pretty expensive. It is. You know, I've had some – and I love the museums. New York's a great city. I've, I've had a lot of good experiences there. It is unlike any other city. I, I've been to a lot of big cities. I, I yeah. grew up in the Boston area. You know, Boston's a big northeast city. I've been to Chicago. I've lived in the San Francisco mm-hmm. area, Los Angeles. New York is another world. Yeah, it, it is. really is, and 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 it's just a unique experience, and it's it's got a different feel to it than than any other city. And it, no it, doubt, it, it really does. No but I, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed seeing some people that I work with that I haven't seen for a while because of the lack of travel. So, but all but 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 like you and I were texting. We both kind of had a busy week, and we both had kind of as a beacon three o'clock on Friday <laughs> afternoon. Let's let's get to uh, the end of the week and being able to be together in in, in God's words. So well, I'm glad, I am glad to be uh, here. Especially, I totally. I, I, you're exactly right. I look forward to Fridays and and Doug and I coming in. You know, uh, this week I was off. Uh, I took off on Wednesday and Thursday. Was unable to come just due to some other. Uh, commitments i had made so i always love coming in and really just you and i on fridays are really working through the passage that we've been working through all week for the purpose that we god clearly i mean we know paul told timothy all scripture is breathed out inspired by god and it's profitable well how is it profitable you know it's profitable for teaching and you know, instruction and reproof and correction and training in righteousness. Mm. I'm not righteous because I know the word. I'm righteous because I live the word. Mm. Now, ultimate righteousness has been imputed to me, so I'm not claiming to be righteous, but I am being sanctified by the word of God. Right. And you can't be sanctified if you're not in the word of God. I'm, in fact, uh, I'm preparing for a conference coming up in a couple of weeks in fact, two weeks um, from tomorrow, Saturday, February 25th, is the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference here in Jacksonville. And specifically, I'm going to be teaching on being a man of the word. You're not a, David, you're not a man of the word because you know the word. You're a man of the word because you know it and you obey it. Mm-hmm. You know, and not so, perfectly by any well, means. Clearly, as we I mean, always yeah, say. Obviously. And, yeah. and we have no qualifications to stand behind these sit behind these mics and proclaim the word of god we're only doing it because we're commanded to do that not that you're commanded to do on a radio show right but yeah well like we've talked about so often it's a combination of how do we become men of the word Mm -hmm. well first and foremost we have to be in it yeah right we have to be in it and you know i go back to doug's lesson from a couple months ago about living boldly speaking biblically sharing inclusively and suffering right. trustingly but this idea that living boldly and speaking biblically are really hand to hand go hand in hand when are we bold in anything we do when we know what we're talking about we yeah. can at least speak with confidence boldness, boldness. comes from passion yeah and vice yeah. versa right mm-hmm. we can be bold we can we can speak biblically when we, they're kind of two sides of the same coin we're yeah. bold because we know it and because we know it, we become bold. Yeah, that's exactly and, right. And, um, yeah. and so this idea of being in the Word, knowing it, and then asking God to work it into our hearts Ooh. and work it out of us, that's where it 
we come to be uh, yeah. living out the word. Amen. So. Amen. Anyway, we're going to take our first break. Glad you're with us on SWAT Radio. Give us a call uh, at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment as we go through Acts chapter 20, uh, verses 28 to the end of the chapter, verse 38. And we'll be right back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, happy to be with you and happy to have you with us, as always, on a Friday afternoon. Doug McCary is off today. Doug will be back on Monday. I think I'll be with Doug a few days next week. You're, yeah. you're kind of in and out next week a little I'm going to be out in Texas, I think. Yeah. Uh, we were talking during the break, uh, maybe appropriate especially to talk about this a little bit. Um, and, and we're not is, doing sports now, talk, No, this is right? not going to be sports talk radio. Um, but with the Super Bowl coming up... Um, some of you may know, you know, certainly a lot of you recognize the name Tony Dungy, who was a played in the NFL, coached, won a Super Bowl with the uh, with the mm-hmm. Colts, uh, coached uh, Tampa Bay, was an assistant coach with other organizations, longtime broadcaster now with NBC, and uh, he's been in the news a lot lately just for um, being criticized because he is a you know, basically for his faith, and he's yeah. made comments about <clears throat> being pro life, and he attended the the right to life March in Washington. And he's come out and, and said things. And, uh, you know, he works for NBC. He's part of the Sunday night football mm-hmm. uh, broadcast and other members of the NBC, uh, family, if you will, uh, one far left. I'm reading from an article. He Dungy appeared recently on, uh, the Brian Kilmeade show on Fox and said, basically I'm pro-life and I should be able to say that. And he went on to, to defend, um, his faith and defend his view. But, this is what he's facing. One far-left critic accused the NFL and NBC of, quote, coddling Dungy's right-wing extremism, right-wing extremism because he's yep. pro-life, while liberal commentator Keith Olbermann called for NBC to fire Dungy from its NFL broadcasts. And I just want to read this quote from, from Dungy because I think it's encouraging for us and you know a good model 
for us in terms of how we react. Dungy says, I understand if people disagree and everybody can have their opinion. And boy, does this sound like it's right out of the Bible, because it is. But for me and my family and my house, that's the way I see it, and I think we should be able to say that. And he referred to the day Roe versus Wade was overturned as a great day for his family uh, in America. So I just continue to applaud him for using his forum and to 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 promote truth and to promote his faith and to not back down <clears throat> well and i obviously we don't want I, <clears throat> we're not going to take the whole hour to talk about these things but you you and i were talking on the break about the what happened when hamlin the buffalo bill guy yeah. basically had a heart attack on the field yep the immediate response was prayer mm-hmm Prayer at home, prayer from the broadcasters, prayers by the players, prayers by the coaches, prayers by those at the game. It's because your heart is bent to realize that there are going to be times where we can't fix that problem. Mm. We can't resolve that issue. And look what happened. Broadly, that's what happened. People prayed. And yet, you know, it's the it's the the lo, the, the 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 volume uh, of um, opposition, the volume of noise that comes out of, and I don't want to say the left or the right or whatever. It's those who oppose anything having to do with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, we, uh, my wife and I, we, as I mentioned, we were up in Amelia Island. Uh, looking at some property and we're driving home. In fact, we stopped, had lunch and she uh, said, Hey, what are you and uh, David discussing today on radio? And so I told her, I said, here, let me just read the passage to you. I read it to her. Basically what I did with her is the same thing you and I do here on the air. And it's what we want to encourage others to do in making disciples is that we open the word of God and we ask four questions. What is, what jumps off at you? What what does this say about man? What does it say about God? And then finally, how do we live differently? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things she brought up in our conversation, in fact, that, in, that led into our convers- our drive back was uh, I, I didn't watch the Grammys. Uh, I even though I have uh, you know my daughter and her husband are in the music industry, they've they didn't go to the Grammys, but they have been to the Grammys. They've been to all that stuff. And Doug and I brought it up earlier this week. Uh, I didn't, again, didn't watch it, so I didn't see it, but you, you don't have to look that far to find out what happened. And uh, there was a comment about somebody mentioned, if you were a Christian in the audience, maybe you're there as a, as a you know, singer, songwriter, whatever, as a Christian, should you stand up and just leave? Mm. And I mean, I, I thought it was interesting, and it created a lot of dialogue, and, I, you know, I not saying I have the right answer, right. but I, I feel like we see throughout Scripture, you know, that Jesus, you know, dined with sinners. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You know, we tend to look at certain uh, sins as worse than others. And you know what I was thinking about, David? I'm sure you guys did this. You went to Caesarea Philippi when mm-hmm. you were in Israel. Yes. And what happens there in Caesarea Philippi, there is child sacrifice going on in that area. Mm-hmm. Jesus goes there, and it's right there where he asks the question, who do people say that I am? And right. Peter says, you're 
you're you're the you're the Christ. Yep. You're the Messiah. You're yep. you're the Son of the Living God. And Jesus says, "Well, you know, flesh and blood didn't didn't yep. tell you that. Right. You know? right. My, my Father in heaven right. did. Right. And, and, and he and then he goes on to say, you know, upon this rock I will build my church. Right. And he's looking probably, and he says, in the gates of hell right. will not prevail against it. Looking at this rock in Caesarea Philippi, where mm. there's the most evil, wicked, demonic stuff going on. The gates of hell on earth. Exactly. Yeah, right. And the fact is, the Grammys may be the gates, <laughs> uh, they may be the hell on earth. Right, right. And they may be for a lot of yeah. people. And I'm not telling you, oh, well, you need to stand up and walk out. Right. But you may be the only light that enters into that darkness. Right, right. That's a great point. And, and the thing I remember, I... Caesarea Philippi, the lesson Doug gave there was one of the most impactful on me on that trip. And and the, the takeaway that, well, you, you summarized it really well. The, the tagline I had from it was about, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, right? Yeah, exactly. Gates are defensive. And, 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 and Doug's point was that means the church needs to be offensive. That's and right. there's no place on the earth or in hell for that matter where the church won't go, if yeah. you will, to minister to unbelievers. Mm-hmm. And, and and so to your point, the Grammys anywhere, right. If if we walk out, um are we saying, I don't want anything to do with you, versus staying and being a light, like you said, yeah. and saying it's I think it's when we start to understand, hey, I'd be in the same boat if it wasn't for the grace of God that we can be a light in those situations. Right. Well, well, we were yet sinners. Christ right. died. Right. right. Uh, we didn't pursue him. He right. pursued us. Right. Right. Now, I do think in certain situations, and this is another touchy subject maybe, but it's certainly right to call out error. Um, you know, but but of course unbelievers are going to be erroneous <clears throat> inherently. It's hard to say. Right. Um, just because they don't know the truth or they don't believe the truth, but but also as believers, like the Bereans and like others mm-hmm. that we've talked about, we're called when we hear something from someone claiming to be a believer and it's wrong to correct that or yeah. to stand yeah. up against yeah. that. And, yeah. it, and I'm not saying walk out necessarily, but it might be that we have to speak up in an uncomfortable situation. Absolutely. And, and I think for those who are children of God in those situations, if you won an award and you took the stage. What a great opportunity mm-hmm. to be a faithful uh, proclaimer of the word of God. Right. Now, he, don't hear that I'm saying you should intentionally go into dark places. Right. Uh, you know, well, I go to the bars because it's dark. Well, yeah. no, I'm not Bad saying Bad company that. corrupts yeah. good character. Exactly. Is that in Proverbs? We are going <laughs> to find ourselves in dark places mm-hmm. from time to time. Right. Now, I don't think we should... We should seek out those dark places right. necessarily, right? But we're going to encounter darkness we're in the world. Yeah, right. we're going to encounter right. darkness. It's just it's just the way it is. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and you and I are here to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called us where out of darkness right. and into light. Right. So when we find ourselves around those who are in, you're not in darkness. You're in the light, but there are people all around us mm-hmm. who are in darkness. Right. And yeah. we should proclaim the excellencies yeah. of Him. And to and to to uh, extend accentuate that one last quote from uh, the Tony Dungy article. There's a there's a breakfast coming up. They call it the Super Bowl breakfast. Yes. I think it might mm-hmm. be a, a Christian event. But Dungy shared the significance of Saturday's Super Bowl breakfast 
stressing that there are things in life more important than football and the Super Bowl. And this is a quote, and I think it's exactly what you're talking about. Not that this is a dark event, but there are going to be people in darkness at this event. And he said, they know a lot of people are coming to the Super Bowl. We'll get together and come celebrate these two teams that are here. But let's tell you what's really important in life and share the gospel. Amen. And, Amen. and boy, that's a great cap. Yeah. So anyway, I yeah. I thought that was a good – it's it's encouraging to read articles like yeah. that, especially by about someone and to hear someone respond who's really – in the public eye and really under fire. Amen. So. Amen. Well, that's good, good, good word. And you know, I, I am excited to kind of work through this text with you. I think it's a it's a powerful text, and there's so much application, I believe, here in this. And I know we're going to take a break in just a minute, but why don't we go ahead and you want to read the passage? Yeah, I think we and have time we'll, enough. Just yeah, there's to a couple that. minutes for yep. the break. Uh, This is Acts 20, verses 28 to 38. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all, and they embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Well, after that, we are going to come up on our bottom of the hour break for the news, and we're going to come back and uh, talk about work our way through, as Brad said, through that passage. Uh, If you have any questions or comments as we do go through this, give us a call at 844-777-7928 on SWAT Radio, and we will be back after the break. SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes with you here uh, until 4 o'clock. We're in our third segment. Uh, the hour always goes by so fast, but very glad to be with you. And uh, welcome your calls at 844-777-7928. If you have a comment or a question, and we are looking at Acts 
chapter 20, verses 28 to 38. So we are working through another chapter. We'll be in uh, Acts 21 uh, next week. So, Brad, as you were saying, we, we are trying on Friday to look at the or have the framework as we go through the passage uh, of a few questions. Uh, number one, what, what jumps out or stands out from the text? Number two, uh, who do we identify with? Uh, in the passage three what does the passage teach us about god and about people and finally number four uh, so what how can we be changed mm-hmm. how can we live differently what can we do to be obedient to what we've learned in in god's word so uh, why don't we start with what jumps out so is there anything in particular this is a great passage like you said and there's a lot that jumps out yeah there really is uh I, and i know you taught out of this passage last week and um, i almost brought my other bible uh, I have two different Bibles that I work from, and I'm thinking I may have had some additional notes in my other Bible. But, you know, the, for me, I think th- there's, like I said, there's so much that kind of jumps off the page at me. But one of the things right up front in this passage where it says, pay careful attention mm-hmm. attention to yourselves. Uh, he's teach, he's Who's he with? He, he's with these elders that have joined him from Ephesus, from Asia. And uh, and he's kind of given some last words to them. And could there be could there not could there be a more important challenge to the leaders of a church than to say, "Hey, watch yourself. Mm-hmm. Not focus on yourself, but your your voice goes mute when your life doesn't line up with what you know." what you're preaching right and i think when he says pay careful attention to yourself and the flock so it's it's not one or the other it's as you're ministering and you as you're caring for the flock let first your heart be under the microscope right and then the flock but he but he says in which the holy spirit has made you overseer this is not a man ordained event this is this is an eternal event. This is this is a a work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is not the work of men. This is the work of the Holy Spirit to a heart that has been yielded to that and to care for the church of God. And look at this, which he obtained with his own blood. Mm. Yeah. If you ever wonder whether or not the church is valued. Uh, how important is the church? Well, the church is so important that God put his own son on a cross for the church, yeah. for you and me, which honestly just, I just stop right there. Yeah, yeah. It just gives me, it, it just, okay, what are we doing here on the radio? Ultimately, what do you do as a father? Uh, I'm worship leader. <laughs> I used to tell my kids, hey, I'm a worship leader. I couldn't play a, a, a note on a piano or a guitar, but my job as father, as the pastor of my home, is to lead you, son, lead you, daughter, lead you, wife, to worship God. Mm-hmm. Boy, that makes me want to worship God. Right. That he put his own own son on the cross. Yeah. He obtained the church. He purchased the church with his own blood. I don't think we spend enough time thinking about what God, what the Father, what the Son, what the Spirit think of the church and how they feel about us. We, You know, 
We know, maybe I'll speak for myself. A lot of times when I say we, I really mean me. I know there's the old line, right? I know God loves me because he has to, but but does he really <laughs> like me? <laughs> right. <clears throat> and and I think that thing pa, uh, passages like this that he that he bought with his own blood, yeah. or or the passage that says you're not your own, you were bought with a price. Mm-hmm. Give us a better glimpse, a better view into what does God really think about us and what is his heart toward us? And if this doesn't, to your point, if this doesn't get you going, I don't know what will, that he right. was willing. And and we talked about this recently. Not only was Christ willing to leave, there's a great, it's not sung enough, in my opinion, at Christmas. There's a great technically Christmas song called Thou who was rich beyond all splendor. Mm, love that. And it's got the lyrics, you know, thou who was rich beyond all splendor, all for love's sake became as poor, right? Thrones for a manger did surrender. Uh, sapphire paved courts for stable floor, right? Jesus was willing to do that. So we know, you know, that should tell us how Jesus feels about us. But God the Father was willing to suffer the pain Mm-hmm. Of pouring out his wrath and torturing, exactly. let's use that word, yeah. torturing beyond what anybody has ever endured, spiritually certainly and physically, then, then what was the pain for God mm-hmm. the Father like mm-hmm. to do that to mm-hmm. his own son? Yeah. So yeah. I, I just want to pick up on that about how does God feel about us and what was he willing to do for us? Yeah. And, what, and yeah. therefore, what should I, our response be? And I say that to myself at the top of the list because so often my own response is muted yeah. or or not yeah. what it should be. Yeah. Well, and I think Paul, uh, Luke, uh, in this case, really repeating what Paul has said and done, is he kind of puts I, – I, I like, at least in this text, that that's at the, it's at the top. Mm. And everything else trickles – not trickles down, but everything else pours down out of the reality that God obtained – the church he bought us yeah and and from that you know obviously he says pay careful attention to yourself and the flock which god purchased with his own blood so it's not it's one thing to buy something but it's another thing to pay something that is sacrificial right and and then and then it just goes on and it just continues this idea that the protection, if you're going to protect the flock, you're going to put a guard around that flock because he says fierce wolves yeah. you know, will, will come in among you. They won't spare the flock. Yeah. Yeah. Their one mission, their one mission is to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. And I wanted to mention something about that, and you and Doug may have talked about this this week. I, I could have missed it, so forgive me if, if you did. But but this idea that he says, watch yourselves, and then he goes into this language, the same language that Jesus uses in Matthew seven fifteen about ravenous wolves exactly. coming in. And he says, they'll come from the outside, but they'll also come from your own ranks. That's right. And 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 so to me, what jumped out was he's saying, in some ways— Watch yourselves to protect the flock from ravenous wolves, but also watch yourselves so you don't become a ravenous wolf. That's good. And 
and Doug pointed this out. I, like I've always said, I haven't had an original thought since 1978. <laughs> but by the I, way, I need to ask you when what what that thought was. <laughs> I don't remember, but uh, probably something about uh, you know girls or the Red Sox. I don't know. <laughs> but but this idea that that in Timothy, when Paul is writing First and Second Timothy, those letters to Timothy, he writes about. Wolves coming mm-hmm. in and false teachers be watching out for false teachers from within your ranks. And Doug pointed out it's very possible that some of and, and Timothy was the pastor at the church at mm-hmm. Ephesus. Right. And so it's very possible that some of those false teachers that Paul was warning Timothy about could have been present here in this sermon at Miletus. Sure. When he says they're going to rise up from your own ranks. Some of these guys that were there listening yeah. to him, yeah. could, we know, you look at, I think of the example of Judas with Jesus, right? <laughs> I was thinking, yeah. what, a, what a similarity yeah, that is. absolutely. You know? So that that's another thing that, that jumped out at me from Doug's teaching, that, man, that that's really powerful that, um, you know, we don't, who does Jesus have his, kind of his harshest criticism for, and Paul does, of course, and so do the other disciples, and apostles it's the false teachers mm. it's people saying things to lead people away from the truth yeah well it it it, it goes all the way to the beginning um you know genesis 3 in fact i think the word here uh, in verse 30 says and from among your own selves will arise men speaking what twisted things mm. yeah for what purpose it says to draw away the disciples after them Satan in the garden mm. twisted the scriptures yep. to draw Adam and Eve away from God right. and toward him. Yeah. Did God really say? Yeah. And and I, I tell you, I'm glad you brought that up because I think we we tend to see scripture and we don't really kind of dig into it. And we're not reading into something that's not there. The reality is he said, even from among you. Mm-hmm. Uh, people. Well, men, we men see it today. We see it today all the yeah. time. Yeah, and, that, and I might add, uh, women will rise up as well. Mm-hmm. I know we're a men's program, but yeah. women will rise up. Yeah. And it's it's the very, human race is capable of speaking uh, false. <laughs> absolutely. And and the reality is, as a teacher, you're a teacher. I'm a teacher. We can be deceived. Sure. We can be deceived. Absolutely. And uh, so I think going. Kind of to to full circle, go back to the top. Um, watch out. Yep. Pay careful attention. When you stand behind a mic, when you sit at a pulpit, when you sit at Starbucks and share a cup of coffee, and you're going to speak encouraging words to somebody, make sure they're yeah. make yeah. sure they're the truth. Yep. And it also brings us back to what what's one of the pillars of SWAT, and 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 should be the pillar of any church like community. It's it's community, yeah, and and part of the reason we need that. What the nature like when Peter compares Satan to a roaring lion or or wolves. I love nature shows, right? Mm-hmm. When you see a pack of wolves hunting, what do they try to do? Yeah. They isolate. Yeah, they isolate a weak <laughs> animal, a baby animal, right? And so we can't let ourselves get isolated. That's how we get picked off. That's yeah. how ravenous wolves come yeah. in. Yeah. and deceive us or destroy us and and we need the community we need one another to 
to, to build each other up and to disciple one another like we talk about all the time. No question. We'll kind of pick up on this, but it, he right after that, he says, therefore. So in light of all that, right. be alert. Yeah. Be alert. Yeah. Right. What's the old adage when you see therefore? Ask, what's it there for? Yeah, right? exactly. All right. We're going to take our last break here on SWAT Radio. Call us at 844-777-7928. David Gray and Brad Sykes, and we will be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I'll never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, Welcome never back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, and we are looking at Acts chapter 20, verses 28 to 38 today, and we've been working through our first question here about what jumps out of, uh, out of the text at us and talking about the fact that uh, Paul, right off the bat, tells these leaders, these future leaders of future local churches, to, to watch yourselves, be, be alert, guard yourselves, and, and watch out because fierce wolves will come in among the flock. And so the, the, the commandment from, from the Lord through Paul is to... Pay careful attention to yourself, meaning pay careful attention to your life, to your doctrine, to your understanding of the Bible, to your teaching of it, so that you can correctly yeah. care for the flock and guard against against false teaching, and so that you don't become a false teacher yourself. If yeah. we're not careful, like you said, Brad, we can be deceived. And so uh, we well, also we're gonna we're gonna be as, as teachers. If I mean, we're we're told that we should seek eldership. Um, you know. It's a good and fine thing the scriptures tell us. But there's two things that would disqualify you. Well, there's multiple things that would disqualify you. But in light of this, when he says, pay careful attention, because your heart, <laughs> while it may be regenerated, there is it, it can go off track pretty quickly. And it can go off track theologically, and it can go yeah. off track in your actions and how you live your life. Yeah. And Paul is saying, hey, these, these elders here, watch yourself, be careful. Yep. Be careful in what you do and be careful in what you say because uh, we can be deceived. Yep. And, uh, and, you and st- you, I'm sorry, you started to say before the break, talking about the fierce wolves coming in, and then he says, therefore, yeah, be, be alert. alert. 
and, and, he, and, he, and he, right after saying be alert, he says, remember how I admonished you and taught you with tears every day, meaning I, I take that to mean remember how important this is. It's so important that I admonished you. It brought, I'm sure the teaching and the admonishing and the pleading brought Paul to tears on many occasions because he knew the consequences of not watching out and being careful. Well, <clears throat> I don't know that this is true for everyone, but I know for me, probably for you, you know, when, when you had to admonish your own children, it honestly hurt. Yeah. It was difficult. Yeah. And I think this, that word tears, I don't know if there's other translations. Does it say something different than tears? Yeah. But I only read one thing in there and that's compassion. Yeah. He loved these people. Exactly. And, but he, but he loved them enough to admonish them. Right. And interestingly enough, in our culture, in our society, those who have the truth have to be bold enough. We have to care enough to admonish people yeah. in it. Yeah. What does Proverbs say? I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of better are faithful wounds from a friend yeah. than, than basically flattery or false kisses from from an adversary or or someone speaking untruth and and uh (laughs) on a lighter note i was just thinking though about you saying when we had to admonish or or discipline our kids and saying this is going to hurt me more than you when you're a kid you think oh that's a bunch of hogwash (laughs) what a bunch of baloney that is but as an adult you do come to you do understand that, and that is very true at certain times. Well, so. it's 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 pain in the heart, is what it is. That's right. And, uh, That's right. and yeah, it may have hurt my my son's bottom <laughs> side, but it hurt my heart. That's right. Equally as much. That's and right. I think that's the you know, <clears throat> you know, the questions are, uh, you know, what jumps out at you in this text? What? How do you? Who do you identify with? We'll kind of skip through that. But what does this say about man? Mm. What does it say about God? And and here's kind of my conclusion about what it says about man and God all in one statement is when you think about Paul, or actually when you think about Saul, what do you think about? You think about a radical Pharisee, right? Radical. I mean, you go back and look at his upbringing. He had, you know, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees and uh, man, he was radical, so radical that he was persecuting this church, this body of believers, so much so that Jesus said, why are you doing this to me? You know, um, so you got you got Saul, this radical Pharisee, persecuting the church, and now you have radical Paul, yeah. who's loving and admonishing and spending years, and he loves these people. That God can take a Saul and turn him into a Paul. Mm-hmm. That that ought to blow you away. Right. And yet we often think God can't take this this temptation from me. Right. God can't can't take this sin from me. Yeah. Look at what he did with, to Paul. That's right. Or even God might not take the temptation, but He will provide a way out of it. That's right. And 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 and. I think I've said this before. There have been times in my life, and I'm sure, I bet it still happens, that when I'm tempted and I haven't asked God for help, 
It's because I know he'll help me. Mm. Now you have to think about that maybe for a minute, but it's it's because really what I'm saying is I don't want his help because I want to sin. Yeah. yeah. And and you know this idea that are we good? And you've said it so many times. Are we yielding? Yeah. It's a matter of yielding that I'm going to ask God for the help and he will make a way out or am I going to not ask and not seek him out because I want to do what I want to do. And, uh, anyway. it's so funny that, uh, <clears throat> yeah, he will make a way of escape. Mm-hmm. Some translations say, yep. It, it, and when we hear escape, we think, well, that's going to require a lot. Yeah. You know, I got to go down this aisle, then yeah. this aisle, then yeah. this back door. Yeah. Now, usually the way of escape, is to say no. Yes, because he because the act of asking, I'm reading this great book called Gentle and Lowly about the heart of Jesus, because mm. getting off on a little tangent, the only time Jesus uh, tells us about his own heart in the scriptures, I never would have known this without reading it, is in the passage where he's saying, take my burden for my yoke is, mm-hmm. my burden is easy and my yoke, yoke is light. He says, I am <clears throat> gentle and lowly in heart. Yeah. When we are humble before him and we reach out to him, it's impossible for him not to come to us right. and to help right. us. And, right. to, and so oftentimes I think the escape is simply we humble ourselves and he changes our heart and our mind in that moment and says, make causes us to say, I don't really want to do that. Right. I right. want to be obedient. Well, you know, I, I, this was a long time ago. I heard somebody say he was, uh, we were talking about pornography and the struggle that, that is for so many men in the church. And I heard a guy tell me as I'm kind of working through something with him, he said, I just can't say no to it. And I said, I totally disagree with you. If your wife walked in while you were viewing that, I'll bet you could say no to it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't you? Mm-hmm. He said, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Great way to put it. You know, you have within you the ability to say no. Mm. We all do. I mean, for those of us who know Christ, we even know in the flesh you could say no. How much more powerful is the Spirit of God? And that's kind of my point here in this text, is a man yielded to the power of the Holy Spirit is a radical Paul. Mm. You know, and, and, and I'm not elevating Paul, although we've talked a lot about Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul was bold enough to say, hey, I'll put my life out there for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's just, to me, it's just, it's just overwhelmingly evident that a a heart and a life yielded to the power of the spirit is going to be radical for Christ. Yep. And, And that goes hand in hand, right? With when we think about what does the passage tell us about God, it's that. It's that God can take a turn a Saul into a Paul. Yeah. But God's passion for the truth of his word. God yeah. mm. is truth. Yeah. He is love. <clears throat> he yeah. is truth. It's not just something he likes, it's what he is. Yeah. It's his very nature. Yeah. He can't anything he speaks is true yeah. because of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> you know, Doug's four points, uh main points in this lesson were God calls us to prioritize our personal character and growth, our provision and care of his church, our protective concern regarding his truth, and our purified commitment to his work. But that number three, our protective concern for guarding his truth, he turns Saul into Paul. He turns us from 
radical sinners. Mm-hmm. We're still sinners, but sure. we're forgiven and we become <clears throat> slaves to righteousness because of his love and his concern for the truth well, and, and for us. <clears throat> absolutely. Verse 32 says, now, Paul says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. And and then it says, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Yeah. He's telling these elders, these guys, don't share your opinion. I'm commending you to God mm-hmm. and to his word because those are the things that will sanctify you. They will not only save you, they will sanctify you. Right. They will they will regenerate your heart and they will be the tool that God uses to sanctify you. Mm-hmm. And uh I, man, this is the bottom line as you're speaking to uh church leaders and pastors and elders and deacons and moms and dads is be committed to God and to the word of his grace, because that is the only thing. How's a man to be saved? Apart from hearing the word of God, he can't be. Right. And I think in the minute or two we have left, that's the great that's a great segue into our so what? What yeah. do we take away from this? How can we be different? Well, it is to to <laughs> it, it, we say it all the time, but it's true. No scripture and let our heart be changed by it. And be able to speak biblically so that when we are caring for the flock, whether it's our kids and our wife or whether it's a larger group, we are speaking truth and guiding people correctly because that's what will change people's hearts and lives. Yeah, and that's that's the whole river flowing down is where does this end up? It ends up with giving to the body of Christ, whether it be monetarily giving or giving of your life giving of your mind, your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love God, love our neighbors. We talked about the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Ephesians 2.10, God prepared in advance for us to do good works. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to stop here, and we want you to have a great weekend. Please come back on Monday. I'll be here with Doug, and we'll be into Acts chapter 21. Thanks for joining us on SWAT Radio. Have a great weekend, everyone. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual